There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. That we were doing a radio show. She said... No BS. No BS. Bob Sansevier. Uh, Bob Sansevier. Yeah. Uh, bon Shelfie. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're which right. Which is an actual name that my, uh, the child of my former boss called me. Yeah. Um, so he said uh, the dad, my boss, was sick. And the little boy said, you have to go to work. And he's, why do I have to go to work? And he said, Bon Shelfie will be mad. And so from that day forward, my name was Bon Shelfie. <laughs> Every time Bon Shelfie comes into the office, I'm going to fire you. So. I love that you were the bad guy, too. Like, I, my mom threw out my pacifier and blamed it on the garbage truck. So, like, for years, I'd be like, stupid garbage truck, you know, all bad. And then you'd look out the window, and the garbage truck would come up behind you going, these bastards, my you bastards. son of a bitches. Um, yeah, so you're somebody's boogeyman. Uh, we have Mike Brody and Jesse Campbell in studio. <gasps> Hello! They're the funniest people in the world, yeah, I guarantee yeah. you. Dance for us. Um, how's everything going, guys? It's going fantastic. And okay, let's get it out. Where you're, we were figuring this out. You're have a perform. When is your, when are you performing? I'm so sorry. Uh, you know, I'm on the September 22nd, 23rd. Yes, correct. At the Underground Comedy Corner Underground yeah. in your Minneapolis. S- your schedule's packed, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went and checked out your website. Yeah. First off, Jess, you need to step up. Uh, you have January. I, what this, I, what, you just put the, like okay. January is okay. This is a chronic issue where every comedian makes fun of me because I do not update my website. Like, like I would say, eighty percent of comedians are garbage at updating yes. their website. Yes, yeah. I I do it. I do. It. I've gotten good at it. I You're. I love that it said updated on nine five. I was like. It says, hey, because it has Monday, Tuesday. I don't love the organization of it. I think I wish oh, the dates um, were still on there. Oh, if we're just gonna break no, down. No, I think you're looking. Are you looking at the open mic uh, thing that I have? Is that the thing? Like, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I, I do a list of all the open mics in town to help all the the upcoming comics. Okay, that makes so right. much sense because I was like, this is a little chaotic. My schedule has my dates on it. Yeah. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Didn't love that. Like, he does a lot of open mics. I was like, like, literally, I don't know myself. Mic. Wow, he really is no. trying to constantly work on himself. <laughs> I like had these oh, thoughts. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, but no, here you're right. You're right. They have the dates. It's beautiful. 
pristine. Thank you. I appreciate that. I know I'll that like pristine. you guys came here to be graded on your <laughs> website. You're like, let's just does. go over each page of yeah. your website. We're but also, go if you over looked it. in my car, if you guys get yeah. a glance at my car, yeah. you can go ahead and grade me for the hot mess. I just don't have a website to also have January <laughs> dates on. Listen, if you want to see Jesse, check her out at the Laugh Factory in Los Angeles in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> I had, this is so, I can't believe this is how we're starting this. I, I'm so sorry. I had, a, fr- a friend of ours made fun of me. He was updating his website like a couple months ago and he yeah. messaged me like, hey, should I still have my 2018 schedule on there like you have or should I update it <laughs> like this is actually good for me to not have a six year old schedule on there right <laughs> I kind of love it because again like it's so much easier to like throw it out at other people that's gotta be a bitch to remember mm. to do that yeah like and then uh, do you guys find yourself having to constantly like is social media a place where people are, are looking for those dates that's the thing like I put up promos when I have shows and yeah. it's like people mostly see that yeah. you know so it's like it's not as important to update your website anymore I'm, I'm just gonna keep saying that <laughs> because I don't do it. I be- no, I seriously it. believe you because it's one of those things where, you know, I always try to grab dates from things and I go, I found myself on your social media and on your um, website being like, what what would I do normally? Like if yeah. I was going to go to a show, what would, and that's really hard to kind of get in the mindset of where people are grabbing stuff. So absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a constantly changing platform. That's, that's just, it's almost it's be better if you just didn't have a website at this point, but I mean, I mean, me personally, I feel like you're, this is a personal attack. Like it's, it would be better if you did. Mike, keep yours. Keep yours. Mike, you're doing great. You're the A plus student. Jesse, uh, I know. Opportunities for growth, some would say. No, uh, you're doing great. I mean, especially somebody who you just broke both feet. Uh, that's that's been my thing this year. Uh, I broke both of my feet in January, and so I had I've had surgery on each of them. It was a sledding accident, I think. Yeah, it was uh, a sledding, you, yeah, uh, real dangerous. Yes, a guy asked well. me once. I said. I was sledding, and he goes, "Were you being pulled by an ATV?" And I just said, "Yes." Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. I'm on that. I'm writing all this down. Wow. When people ask me, what is it? Yeah. ATV sledding accident, both feet. Yep. Yeah. Can you Absolutely. imagine that guy's brain, like, the next level at that hard? Oh, yeah, I assume you were pulled by an ATV. Like, calm down, sir. <laughs> I just, I, I feel like he was just like, no one breaks both feet sledding. You must be a daredevil. Like, he was like, there's no way this happened. I thought you stepped on a pine cone. Uh, plural, did, plural um, pine cone. I did break my foot on a pine cone before. I, this is look. This is a chronic. This is a chronic issue for me. Jesse, we are coming at you. you you're a lovely person. We I actually being attacked from all sides. We we did. I do have to like, give you a compliment. We were listening to your stand up before the show. Don actually does research because he is you know a professional here. I'm the hot mess. <laughs> and we were watching listening to your stand up. Hilarious. Oh, yeah. thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate Great. that. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. You're just yeah. So. You'll just, never know when I'm performing. It's a mystery because it's not on my website. But when you catch her, yeah, yeah you hold on to her. you got to find me. You can't, you'll never know. I had an experience at a comedy club, um, and I wonder if you ever do a chunk like this. So uh, I was at, with Pete Dominic at uh, West 78th Street and Broadway at the comedy club. And uh, they had, it wasn't open mic, they had a, a regular card of uh, folks. All white people, uh, comics, but uh, one African-American man came on. I had, I was with my daughter going, who was going to Columbia and New York, and I was sitting uh, ringside. Uh, I splurged for a a nice reserved table. I had a, uh, my white hair, my coif, Mm. my anchorman coif, 
pure white. I have a three-piece pinstripe suit on because we had gone to dinner, and now we retire. We repair to the comedy club, and uh, everybody is great. Then uh, the... Um, I wish I could recall the name of the man, but he, it's important you know these African-American because it's part of the story. And he starts, and he's funnier than hell, and I'm laughing my ass off. And uh, But he keeps looking at me. And I'm thinking, I wonder if he's from Minneapolis-St. Paul. He recognizes man. me he as the <laughs> iconic <laughs> anchor that's been I holding down. called out or something? Yeah, like, like, is he going to want my is autograph here Is he going to introduce me yeah. to the to the crowd and of course. I'm going, well, I'm only getting ready yeah, for this. Sure you straighten him with tie and stuff. And then he in the middle of what he's doing, he's in a chunk and he and he just stops and he looks at me and points at me and he said, Ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce the whitest motherfucker <laughs> in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I have to stand up and I get a round of applause at the club. Do you take a bow? That's I take a bow. Of course. Yes, I take a bow. <laughs> Salute everyone and uh, make sure my hair is smooth and uh, sit back down. And uh, I was waiting for a cab outside and all the white people coming out of the club yeah. kept referring to me as white guy. <laughs> it's quite a responsibility that title. It is. Please represent well, sir. <laughs> and I, but I had to agree with him. Yeah. In that crowd, because nobody had a three-piece suit on. Yeah. You and really. No one my age was in the crowd. Yeah. And, kind of hit all and then I realized it. that's why he's looking at me. <laughs> you hit all the white flags, some people would say. Uh, that crowd work, I mean, could you, I feel like that must be intimidating. Do you have those moments where you see somebody and you want to say something? Do you guys pull that out, or do you, or you kind of stick to your what you have planned? I just say it. Fuck everybody. Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. There's things you can't ignore. Yeah. Like, I try to ignore what I can if somebody wants attention, but because sometimes you can tell someone's there, like, I'm, I'm going to be, the, I, I'm Eyes getting in on this. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, nope, not you. Yeah, they're trying yeah. to take control. Yes. yes. But, but then if you see control. something, you can't, you're like, oh, I got I got to talk about this. Heckling is somebody it. trying to take control from you. You doing crowd work is you taking control of the situation. You I know see. Know what I mean? That's how I look at it. Uh, I got called difference. out. I can't remember which comedian it was. I want to say it was Adam Carolla. We were talking in. He said that I am the problem. It is uh, 30-year-old uh, white women at bachelorette parties are the ones that he has the most problem with showing up going, I'm going to get the attention right now. Yes, I mean, is that wrong? Yeah, it's <laughs> not wrong? Is that wrong? It's not wrong? I've never had a bachelorette party, but I did, I did accept the responsibility. <laughs> it's my special day! Yeah. <laughs> if you see a penis hat walk in, you, you better watch out. Yeah. You're like, they're going to be, this I, is going to be a problem. apply to every situation <laughs> always. Is, if you're at the grocery store and a penis hat walks in, walk out. I was actually at that show and Don Shelby was wearing a penis hat. <laughs> Speaking of that, if you were here yesterday, you would have you would have had an inspiration for yeah. uh, an entire uh, piece for your uh, stand-up routine. Brittany uh, said... 
that vaping pens used by young people, especially the really heavily loaded ones that yeah. they keep putting in their mouth like this, yeah. She referred to him as robococks. I call. Well, I want to clarify. I did say robot penises. <laughs> and so well, he we, shortened it. He made it catchy. Yeah, he made it catchy. I was gonna say, and then he rebranded it as robocock, <laughs> and he clarified that I was scared to say that on air, and 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 he wasn't wrong. I also work in radio, so I, part of me is like, I can't say that. On no, air. no. I but was it's, it's crying, laughing. This is for you guys. For, it's yeah, a you're seed well, you're for you yeah. to start thinking. Well, about think a robocock. It's more of a public service announcement we right. want you guys to like start, because they're really popular right now in schools. Yeah. So much so one of the schools flooded because people were flushing them all the time. Oh. So like my way to combat that is be like, you look like you're sucking on a robot penis. So like this would actually be you be doing God's work. Right. <laughs> You know, here's the thing, you guys. If you think I'm not already thinking about robococks all day, <laughs> this is just a regular day for me. I popped out of bed this morning. Robococks! I just popped out of bed this morning, so this is right up my alley. This should be the uh, subject of our next podcast. It should be. Did we be. tell you we have a podcast we just started? Uh, oh, really? No, tell yes. me more. We have a podcast. Uh, it's had four episodes out. It's called Only You Would Think That. Uh, we have a jamming uh, intro song that I'm very proud of. Shut up. It's cool. I love it. It's really good. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Jesse, what do you think? Well, about us? Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> oh. You're like, what Jesse, do you think? Say, well, I think it's okay. Jesse, it's, uh, say nice wonderful. things about Mike now. <laughs> no, he has no, what he's no, looking no. for. Oh, I do have to say we, nice we, things No, we're having Mike. a lot of fun with it. Yeah. We're, we've been... We've been friends for like 20 years, and we have a podcast. Our rapport is really good, and uh, I love her despite everything. That's and what, yeah. We're we we f we do not get along, and that's what makes a podcast so great. <laughs> that is actually. Yeah, you've what, seen me and Tom, or what yeah. you've seen me and Tom. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I can go either anyway, any yeah. day. Um, okay, I love this. Only you would think that. No. Yeah, that's in the website. So only you would think that dot com, and you can uh, download and subscribe. And it and is talk. fully updated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, think really? I love how you like the, the, yeah. the pure like yeah. Britney. Believe me in your voice and face. Listen to me. Like, I keep it on schedule. I try. I try. A kid that told me they brush their teeth and I'm gonna ask them to blow in my mouth. Yeah. Like, all right, let me let me smell your breath. You know what? You can check in a less gross way. That's not. You don't have to do it that way. It's the way you have to do it. <laughs> Go touch their toothbrush. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a good point. Yeah. How about my husband, though? You're like, breathe in my face. Just breathe, breathe in. Breathe it's in. Like, also, there's other ways to do that. Uh, we've got a lot of alcoholics in my family, Jesse. It's just the go-to. Um, there you go. Okay, I so have a only, question, yeah. if, if, uh, if I may. I have noticed, I watch a lot of comedy, particularly in Netflix, and um, I have noticed a trend, and I wonder if you have noticed the trend and or if you employ it in your own gigs. It didn't used to be engagement of people, a, a lot of extemporaneous stuff, which I know that uh, there's a catalog, a file of comebacks, and but people will begin questioning the audience members. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of that breaking off from a, a standard routine, a Seinfeld routine or something like that and where you come on and go off, uh, or a bill bar, or they'll actually go to the audience and ask questions and, and like they're learning about the people, and but always having some great comeback line, something mm -hmm. that's built in. 
Are you employing that more? Do you see that more in in uh, your colleagues? Well, I've, I've been doing it for years. I like to talk to the crowd. Uh, I've always interacted. I don't do canned lines. Like, I don't have anything prepared. I, that's oh, why it keeps okay. it honest for me because I, I just don't like doing that. Uh, and, and it's never a forced thing. I can just do my whole set and just do jokes. But I like to interact. I think it makes it um, unique and personalizes and brings people in. Cool. I started doing it years ago because I used to get nervous seeing somebody looking uh, like I would perceive, like, oh, what are they thinking? Do they like me? So then I would talk to them to like make me fit better it wasn't like yeah. a, you know screw yeah. you i'm gonna go at you I'm, not, I'm never trying to be mean but i would do it to like and then you'd find out these people are actually having a great time yeah they yeah. just have like very specific mm -hmm. body yeah, especially yeah, yeah. minnesotan yeah. very like closed body yeah. language so you know that i always open it up but the, the questions are always kind of generic at first because what are you supposed to ask a stranger yeah. you know so i just ask them like oh what do you do and then i go from there and i try to see where i can take it as far as there. and if it's going i keep going with it. if it's not i go back to the joke it's not a crutch one way or another a lot of people do it online now because uh, there, you know, there's like you know on TikTok and stuff like that. Those video, those kind of videos get a lot of a uh, lot of views and stuff like that. And yeah. maybe people don't want to burn all their material too. Yeah, there's a know. lot of like comedian destroys heckler. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. so popular. Final right clip. Now. Yeah, it's like oh god, yes, I want to see somebody get destroyed. <laughs> right. Love like, it. We're all getting destroyed out here. Right, right. Like, but there's a vulnerability, and I've I've seen uh, people uh, do this. Well, I've seen one person do this. Uh, in a break where they're going to be interacting with the audience, they uh, pick out somebody and go, you don't like me, do you? And I can tell the way you're, you haven't laughed at anything I've said. Uh, and, and they begin a conversation with the, the last person you would think you would mm -hmm. ever engage and then get that person yeah. to begin to be part and start laughing. Yeah. To get them back into the show, back yep. into the thought process. Yeah. Good crowd work is an art. Uh, just like good joke writing is an art. You know, there's bad joke writing, there's good joke writing, there's good crowd work, bad crowd work. You know, it's just like anything else. Uh, yep. You know, and it is popular right now. Maybe it'll be a trend that goes up and down. I don't know, but that's just the way I do it. I'm, yeah. I'll, I'll do it whether people are doing it or yeah. not. I don't, I would never. You can always, I think, especially as like a female comic, there's always one guy in the audience like, that you I've can decided. see. And he's just, yeah. mm -mm. like, he just makes me. a decision. I sit, I sit in Jesse's audience. He sits in the front yeah. row and he's yeah. just like, mm. yeah, you always know there's at least yeah. one guy. Yeah, there's always who one guy. You want so desperately there's just something that happens where you're just like please like me oh, but i never engage them because i don't like i don't want to give them the satisfaction of knowing that it's bothering me yeah, yeah. like, oh, like really? i'll just stand up there with one tear really? falling down my yep. cheek like why yeah. do you like me yeah. like, time, i know that feeling yeah. one time i did a show and it was like one i'm not trying to be that guy but i was killing i was killing oh, oh. You were, every so everyone show. agreed everyone agreed but there was two people in the audience it was a, a man and a woman they were sitting there just staring at me and it was so egregious compared to everybody else that i almost said i never say anything because you never know what people you know but I, I yeah. almost was like what is your fucking they problem? just buried their cat and I didn't mm -hmm. I didn't and I got done they came up to me they just want they go we just want you to know that uh, our we're brother and sister and our dad died last week and this is our first time being out in public and you helped us forget about him for an also hour. terrible like, decision maker well I was just like, <laughs> like they got it didn't tell you to go they're fuck like yourself. he's in the car in the back we gotta take him <laughs> we, had, we bought tickets months yeah. ago yeah, we in our defense yeah. we didn't plan for like yeah. what the hell yeah 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 there's just times where you have to go because I do know that you have to go well, you don't know what anyone's going through but also like what I mean 20 something dollars eat the ticket what are you doing out here <laughs> okay but my mind goes to the uh, the most macabre place and that is the, you you do engage you do see these people who are not to go and you say what the fuck your dad just died yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no. no yes in fact he 
he did just yeah. pass away. And that'll happen. <laughs> I'm surprised they were like our dad died, and you were like, "Well, you could have laughed more." Like, I guess. Are you close? Yeah. Like, did, it, did it hurt your mouth when he died? Because you weren't smiling. <laughs> this is our podcast. Yeah, 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 this is it. Only you would think that. Now, yeah. you guys, like, did you base it around? You were like, "Here's our premise. We're going to stick to it hard." Because I always have to ask because there's like. So many radio things I've been involved with where we're going, mm -hmm. here's our strict premise we're going to go to. Art was like, hey, we get along, we're going to talk, and we go into it every day, just kind of open-ended. That's really it. Like, we have things we want to talk about. Like, we'll have something happen that we're like, we're, and we play games, like, we play Would You Rather and stuff. Like, we have, we do things like that, but it's mostly just us talking. Yeah. Like, we were just like, man, like, we just have so, we have so much fun, and we want to bring that to other people. Yeah. So. We say it. that it's, 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 it's not, it's. It's not a podcast about comedy. It's a podcast by comedians. Mm -hmm. So we're not sitting there breaking down like how you rise up through the open mic rigs to become a professional comic at the comic store. You know, sure. Comedy store. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, we we uh, we talk about everything and nothing. You know, and so uh, there's there's no general theme. But the, the theme is that there is no theme. But we keep it fast. And, yeah. Uh, we're also both kind of weirdos. Like we just talk about like we hey. have weird hobbies and weird interests and. We're both just kind of, I don't know, I just feel like floating through life. We're yeah. just kind of. You're like have, shocked a, at like how you've gotten this yeah. far yeah. kind of feel. Yeah. I've, yeah. I and can't we've known each alive. other for like 20 years, so yeah. we like love each other and also want to strangle each other, which is a nice dichotomy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so when you have a podcast that you're, and how, you guys do this weekly? Yes. Yeah. Every Tuesday. Uh, does that mean you guys have cut down your phone calls with each other often then? Uh, he gets mad at me because he'll say something and I'll go save it for the podcast. He's like, oh. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to have that kind of friendship, but I'm like, he, he tells me weird stuff, and I'm like, you cannot just tell me this. I know. But that's like, the thing. Not on a microphone. Like, I, but it's like the way we are now. Like, what you hear on the podcast is just like our relationship, but with the record hitting. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, we're, we're weirdos. We're not, there's nothing fake about our podcast at no. all. Yeah. Well, you know what you need, and I, I'm not a producer of podcasts. You're going to want to listen to this. Okay. But to see how much fun we're having as your audience. Yeah. As you guys interact, I would think to put a, do a podcast with 15 people mm -hmm. in, and you just do the podcast. And, and I think uh, Tom has done this before. It's just traveling all over Las yeah. Vegas, yeah. Florida. He's done these things where he has uh, people, fans come in and listen to the radio broadcast and have that spontaneous reaction to your funny stuff. Yeah. And to have that filler so you can actually relax at some point while the laughs are coming in. Mm -hmm. So uh, the, the signal to the listener is that, oh, they just did say something funny. Oh, yeah, now I get it. Now I'm, I, I'm with I that. think the problem with that is that we've talked multiple times on the podcast about Jesse has a well in her basement where she keeps prisoners. And, uh, <laughs> Listen, you don't want that, that getting out of here. It hard to get people to come in after hearing that. I've, I've a weird crowd. Do you have no idea how many times I've tried to invite people to my basement? And it's very difficult. It's hard. <laughs> I, I'm like, hey, do 15 people want to come in my basement? You won't leave, yeah. but you can come and visit. And it's weird, too, when you ask for us to give you your, our, our cell phones and identify Vacation yeah, yeah. first is like a holding box. That blocks the signal, yeah. so nobody knows where you are. It's like a very Dave Chappelle feel, where you're like, "Sorry, I just don't want any of this content getting yeah, out." Yeah. And we're like, "I don't believe you, Jesse." Yeah, it's it's not believable. No, we we've we've talked about doing live shows. Like, I think that would be super fun, and it's something that we're definitely interested in, in the future. Okay, so I'm really interested because I can't imagine. I mean, we did a once a roast for Tom Bernard, and that was the mm -hmm. closest I ever got to anything in your guys' realm of a stand-up comedian and a host. You know. I've done a lot of like <laughs> a very awkward <laughs> charity events. 
<laughs> which I thought were hilarious. I think you probably won't say the same. Um, this is an interesting insight of like, what did you not expect? Like, did you, you, like, when you went from stand up comedy to a podcast, coming to that world, what was the big difference that you didn't expect was going to be either hard or easy? You know, I, th- I think we, we don't find ourselves funny. Like it, like we, there's so many times where we record and we're like, this just must be terrible because you're not getting that feedback. Yeah. And then we listen to it, we're like, oh, okay, this is okay. You know, it's like, I I think without that feedback, you kind of. It's all, yeah, it's a brutal world. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you don't know. It reminds me, like, when the pandemic happened, I did a lot of Zoom shows. And it's like, brutal. You would just see these screens and you just have to, like, just keep the energy up. And it's like. You judge it by teeth. Yeah. (laughs) And then then we turn off their cameras and then you just be like, well, the paycheck's coming. Yeah. And then you like, feel the urge to kind of like, uh, and this happens all the time, is that um, if you make a joke and you go, eh, by the way, that's a joke. And also like, ah, I find myself yeah, yeah, yeah. replacing other yeah. people's yeah. laughter with For that. sure. I yeah. bet, yeah. Jessie's a really good laugher though. So you she do. makes me feel better during the oh, podcast and then she's yeah. all alone. What, I, that's true. I, I laugh at his stuff and then he just stares at me. I was going to say, <laughs> I really I die love inside. In my head I go, oh, that's really funny. Yeah. Your guys' relationship is pretty dang adorable. Like Jesse, you have this... Um, kind of warmth to you where you're, you start laughing so hard where you, your eyes get wet and like, you, look, <laughs> you know what I mean? She like automatically makes me feel like I want to laugh so hard and be yeah. so involved in whatever. Like I want to make jokes. She's a very you. sickly person. That's, that is true. I, my eyes are watering because I'm holding in a cough. To be <laughs> I'm sure it's like some TV thing we need to check out, but it's fine. Yes. Listen, I have COVID. Was I supposed to tell you that? Yes. Was I supposed to tell you that? <laughs> I'm not picturing the protocols yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you no. are. You're so like infectious, and, and oh, that's a perfect thing to say post. Yeah. We're See, this about. is another thing because I, I think I'm annoying. And I was gonna say like, is you're very dry but a very likable way and you have very much so you're so amused with her when you watch her interact you can just tell like he's you're you're just hanging on every word so I would have to say I'm already a fan of yeah. only well, you, you would think that that's good I told him yesterday I think my laugh is annoying I'm like I'm gonna start laughing less no the money maker <laughs> yeah I'll tell you why I think the uh, laughter thing is fun and and the idea that you have of going live a couple of times just to see how that feels uh, 30 years ago, um, the city of Minneapolis decided to have entertainment at PV Plaza uh, by Orchestra Hall at noon. And they would put little bands out. And yeah. they would Is that the place uh, that has the screen outside? It does now, but it, oh, it yeah. didn't. It would, oh, yeah. So it's just a series of concrete uh, I know steps. Yeah, you yeah. just sit and down, and you're waiting for people to come by, and they go, hey, there's a band. I'll spend five minutes watching that on my way to whatever, lunch. So pre-SNL, Dana Carvey, who I didn't know from Adam, but I'm the one who is chosen to be the MC to introduce Dana Carvey to the 12 people uh, who are sitting there in PB Plaza. <clears throat> and so I had read his bio, and comedy club, San Francisco, and whatever, uh, won this thing and whatever. I introduce, here's Dana Carvey, and I sit down. And from the first sentence out of his mouth, I am laughing so hard, tears are coming out of my eyes. No e- SNL stuff, none of the stuff you saw later. It was all fresh material. I had never heard takes on things. It was uh, stories about his Dad, it was incredible stuff. 
And I laughed until I thought I had broken a rib for the entire set, which lasted 20 minutes. And, and I was trying to recover. Well, then people went on their way because they were coming, going, coming, going. And it emptied out, and it was just uh, Carvey and I uh, sat there, and he said, would you come on tour with me <laughs> and be in every audience <laughs> that, that I ever face? Because uh, this has been, he said, this has been more fun for me because I just played my entire show to you. Yeah, yeah. Because I was so into it. Yeah. And everybody else was just, you know, they're, I got to get back. Yeah. I got to get back. You know, I'm only stopped for a minute. I'm on mm-hmm. the way to something. But I stay, and I, but I was totally enthralled by yeah. the guy. And then later seeing him on SNL, and I went, that's the guy. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. the guy from PV Plaza. That's yeah. crazy. But that's the thing as comics, if if there's only like four people in the audience and they're having a great time, then then we love that. Yes. You know, it's it's yes. it's really about the odds are not as good. But I did a show once and there was four people and I was like, oh no, this is gonna be horrible. And they were like the four best people who've ever lived. <laughs> Perfect. And then the next day they were, there was eight people and I'm like, this is gonna be twice as good. <laughs> it was horrible. And it was yeah. exactly what eight people should be, you know. So it's all about the energy. So if if one person has given us all the energy in the world, we love that. So yeah, I'm sure he loved you. Sure great. He loved you. you great. And you miss an opportunity to be his uh, his one audience member. I could have been. Yeah. I yeah. was ultra focused. Like if I'm having a show that I feel isn't going well, and I see someone that's enjoying it, I just I'm just that's talking your, to them yeah. the whole time. I'm like, you and I are best friends. <laughs> like that's it. <laughs> and you seem like you'd have bad boundaries, like me, where you'd be like, we do you, after the show, you're like, should we actually be best like, friends? That's, we that's are how, best that's friends. how we became best friends. Some bald guy in the audience laughed, and she thought it was me. And uh, that wasn't you. No. I don't wear, I'm to this relaxes, day, and I don't. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. To this day, my whole career is like trying to make people who don't want to be my best friend my best friends yes yep I, I feel have that. such boundary issues. <laughs> Same. See, I thought you and I could probably oh never hang are out. Are we best friends? Uh, I have are we best friends? Tattoos after the show. <laughs> this is what's happening. This is happening. <laughs> oh, to your diary. Something happened today. Um, thank you guys so much for coming. Thanks only, for having us. Only you. you would think that. That's your podcast. Yeah. I, I'm going to be a listener. You guys are hilarious, and I think you guys do just great stuff together. I want to know what awesome. you think of the theme song. I love the theme song. I'm so proud. Do of you want me to be honest? Because you can tell that, like, yeah. I felt like I attacked you guys a little hard on the website no. thing. That's how confident I am. This has yeah. been nothing but attacks this whole time. We are so upset. No, no. Please I don't take my Brody. BFF hood away. It's funny you mentioned the theme song because I actually pulled it up here. I want to know who did the vocals on this. All right, AJ, play it. Oh, play yeah, it. That play bad it, play boy. It. All right, real time. Fusion reggae? Yeah. Are you he's a kidding? He's from Ghana that did it. That yeah. was yeah. His name's Kobe. Yeah. yeah. That I hope you paid that man well. That oh, yeah, was. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was. <laughs> I, I would walk down the street to that. I would be Taylor Swift and that, that only on my runs. My name has never sounded so catchy. Brody. I have a seven-year-old, and all day he walks around going, "Mike Brody." Like, he does all day long. like you sounded like an old Dutch person when you said that. I tried, but I wasn't. I didn't have enough Caribbean sound. Oh my God, that was beautiful. <laughs> ten out of ten. Yeah. All right, thank you guys so much. We'll be back on the Tom Great Bernard to see Morning you. Show. Thanks, good to see you guys too. Thank you. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. 
Listen live at TomBernardShow.com or on the Tom Bernard Show app. There's plenty of thoughts that come into your head when you think the name Killebrew. Of course, there's the Minnesota baseball legend, Harmon, who was responsible for many a favorite memory at the old Met Stadium in Bloomington and many a baseball that ended up in the stands and in the gloves of adoring fans from his home runs. There's Killebrew Drive, the legendary road that connects Highway 77 to the Mall of America and a day of shopping you'll never forget. My current thoughts for the name Killebrew is fun floats in our kitchen with my kids and grandkids, a cool, refreshing break in between innings at Target or CHS Field. Or maybe a perfect sunset paired with a sweet, frothy beverage after fishing or on your favorite walleye lake. Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Grab a six-pack at a grocery or convenience store near you. I'm Tom Bernard. This summer, enjoy the one Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Your family will love Minnesota-made Killebrew Old-Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda. Then cheer on the fun. Take it from me, Ken Herbeck, Killebrew. It's how memories are created and legends are made. What can Hubbard Interactive do for your business? Let's take a listen and find out what they did for one local company, Steve the Window Guy. I'm Sally and I'm a digital brand strategist here at Hubbard Interactive. We met with Melissa from Steve the Window Guy and she was looking for help with their video advertising strategy. So we helped build a comprehensive plan for streaming TV and YouTube ads. And Melissa, tell us how it's been getting your message out with help from Hubbard Interactive. I've been working with them for five years and what I've learned is that they have both the experience and the depth inside their team to help me solve any creative marketing challenge that I've got. So over the years, I've moved from streaming TV to YouTube ads, and now we're moving towards SEO. And I'm loving the results that I'm seeing. Is there anything else you want business owners out there to know about Hubbard Interactive? I am so grateful for the entire team at Hubbard Interactive for effortlessly understanding our business and our marketing vision, and then always delivering only the best results. To find out how our experts can help your business grow, get in touch today at HubbardInteractive.com. I really have to say I'm feeling great, and I have to give the credit to MNFatLoss.com. After going on the program this spring, I'm nearly at my ultimate weight loss goal. You know, there's no shame in gaining weight as we get a little bit older, but I think you'd feel better, more energetic, and feel better in your clothes. A reset like MNFatLoss.com could be the answer for you, just like it has been for me. I'm not even worried about temptations like the state fair. I'm not hungry. I don't crave carbs or sugar. If you want to find out the secret to losing 20 to 30 pounds in just eight weeks, that's about a pound of fat every day, no exercise required. To schedule your free consultation, go to mnfatloss.com. That's mnfatloss.com. Results may vary. Be sure to tell the team at mnfatloss.com that Tom Bernard's... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. Holy buckets. That's the kind of energy we need in our life. Yeah. That was an insertion of, yeah. Was, I've laughed the whole time. I know. I, I, I am a, just a great sucker audience for comics. I know. I can tell. Like, that would be, yeah. Um, that was uh, Jesse Campbell and uh, Mike Brody with Only You Would Think That. They're... They actually make me think, do we need an intro song by that guy? We, Mike We Brody. don't have to. 
But right? you said you needed one not for this show. I need one in my everyday life. You in your everyday life, yeah. you could play it for your husband. Uh, indicate that we're in a fight. In a fight. Yeah. Or maybe something else. Indicate that other maybe. things. You yes. about to have sex, yes. Justin? <laughs> like, it's like yes, cue Justin. that up. Yes, business. And then time. he's like, he pushes pause. He's like, I have a headache. <laughs> Like, he needs to ask, can we play the song? That's how we get consent. We both play the song. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I have a whole current, like, brain obsession with do people play music when they have sex? Because it's not a natural thing to be, like, one second and have a playlist ready. Yes. It's kind of like the debate of, like, when you're dating somebody and they have condoms ready, you go, why do you have so many condoms ready? Having a sex playlist is that same thing that can really change the vibe of like, why do you have, why is this so readily available to you? I found when I was a young person, I was hipped uh, to a technique that you uh, start playing the music before the person comes to the apartment. Ah. And the music's... And, and it's, it's curated uh, at it's, that point. And it's not... It, because you don't want to create a playlist That's where obvious. there is a song that reminds them of an old friend. Or yeah, an old yeah, ri- yeah. Or a sad moment. Like or, Pennies or, from Heaven should never be yes, on that playlist. Yes, right. No, over the Rainbow. You yeah. just don't do yeah. those kind. No, but there was a... Thing that you would buy in 1968 to 75, whatever. Uh, it was an album, and uh, I could put it, I took the album and uh, recorded the straight album onto a uh, uh, 10 inch reel to reel. Yeah. And then started it over again. At slow speed, so it wasn't running at seven inches per second. It was running really slow, so I could play it for almost 12 hours. Oh, my God. And all it was was uh, African drum beat. (laughs) All it was was... (laughs) That's a vibe that Faishi is walking into. And it mimics your heartbeat, and as it progressed it sped up so your heartbeat is thump thump so thum, hopefully thum. you catch it at the and right time yeah hopefully dinner doesn't run too long and you have to start <laughs> out too strong at the beginning because nobody wants that all of a sudden you're and you're like sorry we got to keep up um i just want to say though that is impressive it actually worked well that's so impressive because i never thought about that how like you know if you're relying on only a cd or an album yeah you are uh you are so vulnerable to whatever random thing that the artist is putting in there so if this is like a let's make love track um and all of a sudden you've got like some you know a song where the artist decides to take a creative turn and talk about their you know passing of their dead you know parent yes it's not great it's not the vibe you're going for you would want to so like you having to create your own uh bang music your own i we got to think of your drum bang music that yes. I, i'll put a title to because you could probably sell that yes you could i do have to say this don us women are on to the walking into the vibe 
So you have to almost, I think this would help going forward. I know that like, you know, you're still trying to get Barbara in the mood. You have to, <laughs> you have to start off on a very innocent and then mold in, like, and then meld into a different vibe. Like if I walk into an apartment and it's African drums, I, unless I am literally DTF, I'm like, peace. <laughs> this is too much of a vibe right now. Like that is. But no, it was so foreign. It was literally and figuratively foreign that it, it completely escaped think, anyone. I don't that this I think was you're actually wrong. a thing because it was so low in the background and it was only bass. There was no music and it was almost inaudible. I, I and think. And you never had to go turn it up. It just was there, a pulsing beat. I think you're wrong. I think that like we have been on to the the the, the oh, drum beat. Come on. I think you're come wrong. On. I would okay, love well, a listener. Then, then everybody I met was DTF. So <laughs> DTF. They all. I think you have that. I think that's probably true. Everyone I met was DTF. The other thing is, I would I would say here we have to uh, for my era yeah. and for maybe some people who are listening to the Tom Bernard show that. Um, you couldn't ever go wrong in my era with uh, Barry White. Yeah. Sade. The whole CD would be a good? Yes. Okay. Barry White, uh, Sade, and Anita Baker. If you had that going on, it was business time. <laughs> it was down to get down. Clock in, baby. And you know what? That's not one that you're going to want Dave Bielke to step in for you. You're going to do that job yourself. <laughs> I don't. I don't need an attorney. I don't right need now. Dave here. Dave, no, step leave. this one out, sir. Um, I know you're on retainer. <laughs> I know you have hours to fill. He'll take that pro bono. <laughs> don't say bono. <laughs> oh, that's killing me. Yeah, like to uh, full disclosure, I'm going to talk about marital sex. So if you need to leave, I understand. But, like, recently I was like, Justin, like, I'm going to make us a playlist. And he's like, please don't do that. Please don't do that. And I was like, no, I'm going to make us a playlist. And I sat there going, is it nail on the head obvious? Like, let's get it on. Yeah. No, because we're both, like, not romantic. Like, we're not the romantic. That would make us both laugh. Like, it's too <laughs> literal. So then I Did was like. Did you play that? Yeah, like, come on, Brittany. Grow get up. your clothes back get, on. Get, get, we're fine. <laughs> Let's play some cribbage. Um, which is also our thing. We like playing cribbage in bed. I mean, I know I'm giving you a lot of hot tips here. Um, but, like, so it was like, okay, do I go with, like, the beat? Do I rely only on, like, what's, like, a fast beat? But, like, again, I didn't want him intimidated by if it was an aggressive beat. Like, that would be a little bit much. All of a sudden it's like, boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom. I was like, nobody can keep up with that. Nobody wants that. So I think there's a whole debate that can happen about, like, what is sexy time music? And here you're elaborate of, like, you are now at a point where you are almost, it's almost clinical the way that you have done the harpy thing. That's probably something that, like, you and a handful of men do have down and is impressive. I do have to say I will give you kudos on that end. Uh, yeah, so. Well, I haven't been a rambling man for quite some time, so I'm a little behind the times. Same. Same. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've been a rambling man as well. <laughs> I, uh, I even think the idea, are, AJ, are you on the dating apps, or is that... 
No, I'm actually dating somebody right now. Are you? I am. How long have you been dating? Uh, two years, about a week ago. Oh my God, congratulations. Thank you. Well, you're almost married. You pretty much are. Okay, yeah. we don't want to scare two anybody. Two years? You're, you're in a rut, You guys live dude. together? Oh, you're in a no. rut? <laughs> you're talking, how long have you been married? 50. 50 years. I got a five-year five marriage, but he's the one in a rut. His two years dating. Oh, you guys live together? No, we don't. Is that like... Some... Financial stuff is not great on either end right now. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, there's complications. Yeah, wait until uh, the financial stuff gets really, really good. How long is that going to be? Right? Okay? I'm still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> when you well, win the lottery. I'm holding out for that. You know, I talked to Pat Miles the other day, and uh, and we, we share uh, intimate things. And she said to me, as a secret, and because I'm going to tell my secret, I have to tell hers. Obviously, that's how friendship works. I said, how uh, things going, babe? She said, I'm playing the lottery. And I said, thank God, so am I. <laughs> We're both playing the lottery. <laughs> We're going to the gasoline station. No We're buying way. lottery tickets. But yes. bleak. Yes, it's bleak. It's bleak. <laughs> Yeah. No, when you retired, you're going, where's the source of money? What is the source? Um, I remember me and Justin were dating, and he was like, hey, when we were, he was filling up his the, the car with gasoline, and he goes, hey, go inside and grab us a lottery ticket. Why not? Like, it's really high. And I told him, like, I go, the only thing that is preventing me from playing the lottery is I don't know how. Like, I have an addictive what? personality. Like, I've... The social interaction that has to go down, I've thought about it. Like, hey, why don't you – I would like to buy one lottery ticket to go, please. Like, the, the interaction that has to go down, I've never engaged in. And, like, I've thought about it. And I know, like, I don't have a lot of anxiety, but this interaction to me – like, even buying cigarettes, I had learned, you know, you say, oh, a pack of parliaments. Like, parliament lights, whatever – the interaction that has to go down to buy a lottery ticket is unknown to me. And so that is the the one obstacle that is preventing me from every time buying a lottery ticket. Yeah. Because, like, do they pick the numbers? Do you? Do you? Uh, you you can. It makes things a lot more difficult. See? Nope. So there's, like, one lottery ticket to stay, please. No, just, you know, <laughs> you walk in there. Let's say you have a $10 bill. Yeah. Hey, can I get can I get a Powerball ticket? They'll say, yep. Any specific numbers? You say, don't care. Right. You give them the money, they give you the ticket, interchange, and you walk out of there. Yeah. But, again, the not picking your own numbers, that alone goes, well, that seems dumb. I'm letting them pick. Like, maybe I should pick. No. And every combination of no. numbers has the same exact, like, chance. Like, you could you could do one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's going to have the same as three, exactly. 18, Pro- Same whatever. probability. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The probability is the same. And so. here, here's the crazy thing. WCCO was the uh, station with the studio that had the actual Powerball draw. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, so it had to be taped every night, but they had to do a rehearsal. This is a true story, I'm going to tell you. Um, and I didn't witness it, but I, uh, within four minutes, I knew this story because everybody in the control room witnessed it. So everybody's assembled. The crew is assembled. 
and the person's going through the thing and they call out the numbers in the rehearsal. A woman who ran audio had those numbers, <sighs> the rehearsal numbers. <sighs> and so I went to, uh, later on, and, and her heart was broken because yeah. it, <laughs> would those numbers have come up? What are the chances, I ask uh, uh, an arithmetician, mm -hmm. that, that uh, she could have those numbers ever come up again? Yeah. And then he said, the same as those numbers. Oh, because it was, exactly yeah. the same chance of having those numbers come up twice in a row. But think about it. Having those come up in back-to-back -back drawings, yeah, is it would be still be the same. Well, I mean, if you're actually saying, the same, but it actually would, the same because yeah, you know, it's yeah, a completely it different drawing. You're doing it again. Yeah, the same probability that those numbers. It's like flipping would a coin. Draw. It'd yeah. be flipping a coin. You, uh -huh. Just because it's been ahead a hundred times, you still have the exact same percentage of it being heads Over or tails time. on Over the hundred and one time. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's probability theory. That. Yeah. And but I the best line I ever learned, and it's uh, a line that people know, so I'm not uh, saying anything original. But when I told someone of intelligence that I was uh, buying money, uh, putting money down ticket. for a lottery ticket, yeah. um, this person said, uh, how much you spent? I said, $20, uh, got 10, 10 uh, series. And he said, <clears throat> The chances of you winning by buying a ticket is only point zero 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 one better than if you have bought no ticket at all. Oh, <laughs> that's a rough one for me. You, you, like chances that is are such so a, small. That's such a bleak thought. <laughs> They're small, but but I you mean, know the rule. The rule is you can't win if you don't play. Exactly. Scared money doesn't make money. That's right. Uh, uh, scared money does make money. Like I live a scared. I mean, that's not true. Does it make money? Does it make scared money makes money? I go to work and I'm scared all the time. Right, but it doesn't make money. From itself. That's true. There's an investment aspect you're missing out right, on. Right. I like treating myself in it's like it's like I'm buying anything for enjoyment. I enjoy that headspace for like let's say six hours before the drawing of yeah, like right. what I'm going to do with all of my prop like, you know, parents' house mortgage that is paid yeah. off, all this other stuff, blah blah blah. Like I get six hours of like, I'm gonna be able to do this. And then it hits like, no, you're not idiot, but you know, it for that six hours I'm in heaven. You love you, living you, in that. It's a perfect time for me to tell you my father's rule of gambling and it could be helpful for other people to hear who maybe are afraid that they may be uh, of such an addictive personality that if they were to gamble uh, say on horse races or whatever that that be something that well now I got to go back to the track I got to keep going back to the track I have to keep making my money back so my father said here uh, took me to a track one time and said here well here's a hundred dollars and uh, I have a hundred dollars and there are ten races we're going to bet ten dollars per race I want you to put the hundred dollars in your right hand pocket and you're going to bet because this 
this entertainment we're going to is going to cost us a hundred dollars each yes, just the for time. the fun of being out and watching the horses yes. and whatever and the added of the possibility slim however it may be of winning yeah you're, you're not there to make money you're there to enjoy yourself and betting is part of that so you take the ten dollars out of your right pocket go to the window boom bet whatever horse you want to doesn't make any difference you uh, you read the stat sheets you can do anything then you don't win you come back next race you take ten dollars out of the pocket and you bet the next race and it pays yeah it pays you know nine dollars whatever you 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 bet the show horse nine dollars take that money put it in your left hand pocket you keep doing that and everything you win Whatever you win, put it in your left-hand pocket. And if you reach in your left-hand pocket at the end of the 10th race and you have $86, then your day of enjoyment at the track only costs $14. 14 bucks. Yep. Yeah, that's a great way of looking at it. And just <clears throat> never, never go, hey, I'm going to put $50 on this, you know, yeah, on yeah, the nose. Yeah. You the, don't do that. The worst thing is, uh, like, we'll go to the card house or whatever, and I have a buddy where it's like, we, we do that sort of same thing where it's, okay, we bring, let's say, 100 and then, you know, you work it down. You're like, okay, it was only a $30 night of enjoyment of hanging out with our friends. But then you got the one guy is like, okay, we're walking out, there's an empty table. Yes. Let's throw it all down. One yeah. big hand. And then he, One more time. No, yeah. no. That's you don't not have the rule. To. You don't have to. Yeah. Uh, so we used to go to Vegas for work every year um, for KQ, and people were very into gambling. And it took somebody going, like, I'm going to make you bet, because I just didn't like it. I wasn't that into it. I liked going to the malls, and if I know I'm, I know exactly how much that $200 wallet is, that's $200. Like, there's no, like, mis- like, I don't want that mystery. I like a full return on my, you know. And again, will I spend more money than people who are probably gambling? Yes. But it took somebody being like, I'm giving you this 20 bucks, but we have to go play it. So I finally like played some penny slots and I found some fun in it, but it took a long time for me to get understand that because you just look around and I, it's hard for me to look around and go, what was this all built on? Obviously, like there's, you know, and that's not always fun for me, but I do have to look at it as we're paying a certain amount for entertainment mm-hmm. to hang out, yes. and that right. way I can I can absolutely rationalize it. I love and horse. I like I like going to Canberra. We don't go very often, but when we do. I like it because it is a slower process of losing your money. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a slower, but you get a yeah. little bit of some there pretty is, horses. There, there are no penny windows, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've been looking. Canterbury, here's your opening. Maybe it'd be like like mules. Here are the penny races. Uh, I, I like the idea of Texas Hold'em because um, a lawsuit was brought by the Attorney General of California, mm-hmm. uh, because gambling is illegal in California, except at the uh, Native American reservations. And uh, when the game got really popular, Hold'em got really popular and got on television and WCOP and everything. So anyway, they had <clears throat> a trial, and the trial had mathematicians, not gamblers, mathematicians who came to the legal conclusion that 
playing Texas Hold'em was not gambling. It was not gambling. It was probability theory. And the smartest people, the smartest mathematicians, were the best players. So there was And everybody says, oh, we're looking for tells, and we're looking for what the... No. It's a skill set. It is a skill. It is a skill, a game of skill, not a gamble. It's a... And so now some of the biggest tournaments in the country are held in California, but only for Texas Hold'em. Because it's something that you can actually learn and be good at and acquire, not just pure luck. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And they proved in court, and it became a legal doctrine Dang. in California. That is not gambling. It looks like gambling, but it's not. Uh, we played a lot of Texas Hold'em on deployment and I feel like I have not mastered that skill yet. So I think for me, it's still me pretending I know tells. It's all numbers. And then I would constantly with the boys, because I was with an infantry unit, I'd start doing weird things to see if it would like throw them off. Like yeah. I'd just do like a weird twitch eye for the whole game. And like <laughs> then hear later that, oh, Hagen's tell is a twitch eye. And I was like, is it? Like I like just messing with the boys. Yeah, that yeah, was my favorite yeah, thing. Yeah. All right, up next we got Tim Lammers. He's got our next movie, movie review here on the Tom Bernard Podcast. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. I'm sure glad the miserable heat dome is now behind us, I'll tell you that. Fall may be just the best part of summer. Along with the cooler, shorter fall days, it's one of the best times in Minnesota for landscape plantings. ProTurf did my landscape this spring. Rick had some great ideas for my yard, and they can do the same for yours. A good fall established planting is much more likely to survive a summer drought the following year. A ProTurf certified landscape designer can help you design a landscape that not only looks nice, but will also increase the value of your home. Fall is not only a great time to plant, but also a great time for hardscape patios, walkways, and retaining walls. ProTurf is a Minnesota original family-owned business since 1982. If the weeds in your lawn are out of control, fall is the best time to get a head start for next year. Let them put together a three- to five-step program that is safe, effective, and guarantees results. If you want the best landscape on the block, ProTurf is ready to give you your free landscape or lawn estimate and analysis. Visit ProfessionalTurf.com and click Estimates for lawn care landscaping or schedule an irrigation service visit. The NFL is here, and it's all about the sweet offers from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SNAP to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting 5 bucks. That's code SNAP only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Food Hill Casino and Resort Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and Positive restrictions apply. There's plenty of thoughts that come into your head when you think the name Killabrew. 
Of course, there's the Minnesota baseball legend, Harmon, who was responsible for many a favorite memory at the old Met Stadium in Bloomington, and many a baseball that ended up in the stands and in the gloves of adoring fans from his home runs. There's Killebrew Drive, the legendary road that connects Highway 77 to the Mall of America, and a day of shopping you'll never forget. My current thoughts for the name Killebrew is fun floats in our kitchen with my kids and grandkids. A cool, refreshing break in between innings at Target or CHS Field. Or maybe a perfect sunset paired with a sweet, frothy beverage after fishing or on your favorite walleye lake. Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Grab a six-pack at a grocery or convenience store near you. I'm Tom Bernard. This summer, enjoy the one Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Your family will love Minnesota-made Killebrew Old-Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda. Then cheer on the fun. Take it from me, Ken Herbeck, Killebrew. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. Welcome back to the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. Uh, we've got Tim. Can I say that too? You want to try it? Yeah. All right. Welcome back to the Tom Bernard Podcast. It's beautiful. Thank you very much. Why haven't you been doing that the last two days, you asshole? <laughs> Why have I had to struggle? <laughs> you know what? I'm well, you out never here. gave me a shot because I'm sitting here as the guest host and I'm your guest. So I don't. I don't want to feel like I you am intruding. You don't want on to feel like gig. making my life easier. I can do that. That's that's not a really <laughs> difficult thing for me to do. To say, "Hi, I'm Don Shelby, sitting in today for Tom Bernard." What the hell was I doing? This whole... <laughs> Listen to you. I sound like a frantic teen all the time, grabbing paperwork, uh, doing uh, things. We'll be right uh, back. Um, Dad's gone, but other dad is here. Um, Don Shelby, legendary radio uh, and, and also TV. I gotta go, and I piddle a little. Here you are, you mother trucker, sitting here enjoying your best life where you've got that voice. That's for. You know what, AJ? I, I got an idea. What? Since we've waited all this time, I think it's only right that with one final guest before Don's done for the week, he gets to introduce the one and only Tim Lammers. Okay, but then do you want... Oh, my God. But you you want that, me to do this one? Is that too much responsibility? Is that a spot? Yeah, do you want this oh, spot? Oh, yeah, give me the spot. Oh, my God, they're going to pay you so much money. God, I can't they're wait. never going to have me do it. Oh. Mike Bryant's going to get his money worth. Oh, fu- my, Michael Bryant's a huge fan. He met you at the fair. Oh, I'm Mike and I are friends. I know. Are you kidding? Yeah. He works for me. I... <laughs> <laughs> No, that's the other guy. <laughs> Bradshaw okay. will not show up and work for you. All right. <clears throat> Three, two, one. Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury lawyers seeking justice for the injured. Contact Bradshaw and Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. And now, hosted by the Tom Bernard Show. <laughs> For whom I'm sitting in. <laughs> My name, Don Shelby. See, it's harder than it looks. <laughs> it's weird. And the hard Tom Bernard Morning Show podcast is the <laughs> hardest thing you'll ever have to say because you want to stop at every point. <laughs> Here's Tim Lammers, everyone. Hi, Tim. Hey, Don. Good to talk with you again. And Brittany, did you actually call the great Don Shelby an a-hole and a mother trucker? <laughs> Yeah, but like, what? he's had it coming. Okay, he has. I've gotten on her last nerve. He's gotten on every nerve. Um, he is. He's. You know what? It's like finding out you've been doing. I can't even describe it. You go. Do you want me to do the intro on the last 
<laughs> intro of the last two days. Tim, he is an asshole, but he's all, he's our asshole, and that's what we yeah, love yeah, about that's him. That's a good way of putting it. There you go. There you go. Tim, how the heck are you? I'm good. I'm good. Well, so I'm calling in. You know, you told me this morning, call in, and then I saw the StreamYard link, so I thought, well, everything's fixed, and they okay. And then when I clicked in, it, it was like watching a, a poorly dubbed foreign film where yeah. mm-hmm. you were talking, and then three seconds later I saw the, uh, the, or heard the audio. So, yeah, yeah, pretty scary stuff. But I got something scarier for you. And mm-hmm. this is scary because I know Brittany at least. Uh, AJ and Don, I don't know how you feel about scary movies, but I think Brittany can handle them okay. Yeah, I like them quite a bit, uh, if they're good. I feel like we have to watch a lot of bad, scary movies, though. Yes, we do. Psychologically scary or uh, Uh, Frankenstein monster scary? This is monster scary, more of a jump scare sort of thing where the tension is ratcheted up because it's silent, silent, silent. You know the scare is coming. That is what you get a lot in The Nun 2, which Mm -hmm. is a sequel to The Nun, which is part of the Conjuring universe of films that started in 2013. So all these films are interconnected. You have Annabelle the Doll. You have The Conjuring with the Warren uh, couple. They were demonologists who would do exorcisms and things like that. So they're all tied together. And then, of course, The Nun is about this demon who possesses, in this particular case, the body of this handyman, he, he, she did this at the end of the film. She, they, they thought they vanquished this demon to hell. But when the demon does materialize, it takes the form of this very gnarly-looking nun. And uh, this nun in this particular film is looking for this relic that will give her the power that will... You know how it is. You know, you get the power. Every, every madman or madwoman in, in, in cinema, they want to control the world. So... It's one of those sorts of movies, but you know what? It's so well done that I don't mind that. I don't mind conventional stuff when it's well done like that. Who did it? Um, the, the director is Michael Shavs, who he did uh, a, the, the last Conjuring film. I don't know if you saw that, Brittany, the Conjuring Part 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. I only saw the first Conjuring. As soon as we oh, start getting did. into two and threes on the things, <laughs> I have to be pretty motivated. Yeah, well, you know, they are actually pretty good films. I mean, um, so James Wan is the architect of this universe, though, and, you know, he is a a terrific filmmaker. He did the Saw movies or started those, and I'm not a big fan of those. But, you know, obviously he's well-regarded in the horror film community. So, yeah, he's, he's in charge of this, and I think it's somewhat of a mandate that this is not going to be the sort of slasher film, the sort of automaton like, you know, Michael Myers or, or Jason and Friday the 13th, where they just go stabbing people to death or killing people, even scream, same thing. I mean, it's just, I'm not into that slasher stuff, and they stay away from that. They use these good old-fashioned techniques like atmosphere, like fog, like shadows and light, like creepy sounds and different things like that. So, yeah, there are gnarly parts or gory parts, but nothing near to the stuff you get in the slasher movies. So it, they, they kind of respect the audience in that way. They, they let you imagine what the horror is going to be like when you see that shadowy figure. And, you know, I'm a fan of old-fashioned horror films, so that stuff is, you know, I'm in. I, I love those sorts of movies, when it, you know, and it's staying alive thanks to the uh, Conjuring universe. And, how, okay, so... 
for the ner for the nun too, do you feel like it is essential? Like I, you know, you know, maybe you don't have to see the nun, the first nun, but you do right. feel like it helps a lot with the story. Well, you know, it has been five years, okay. so it probably would have been beneficial to go back um, and watch it again. Uh, I, you know, I was with my oldest daughter who had she loves horror movies, so she sees all this stuff with me. So I asked her the question. I says, "Is that the guy that was at the end of the first nun, and he was the one who possessed?" And eventually, they do get to that in the movie where they rehash all of that. Okay. So yeah, I mean, it is the sort of thing that they'll catch you up on the events if you need to be caught up on the events. For somebody going in cold, I think you'll get a good enough understanding where the nun is from. I think always, you know, when you can see the original films, it's always the best. Uh, Tim, let me probe you a little bit because you and I share a love of uh, horror movies. Mm-hmm. But of a certain genre, so I want to ask you some questions to try to help me understand uh, your take on modern horror. Uh, for instance, uh, Lon Chaney uh, Senior in uh, *Fan of the Opera*, mm -hmm. um, *London by Midnight*, uh, *Freaks* by Todd Browning. Yeah, uh, Frankenstein, Frank, Bride of Frankenstein, the original Dracula. Um, these are classic for a reason because, particularly in the uh, Dracula, the first Dracula, that uh, that scared the shit out of me, <laughs> and <clears throat> nothing that I've ever seen in cinema since then has compared. And perhaps it was my age when I saw it, mm -hmm. but. Uh, it was, that is for me, the, the pinnacle of the kind of horror that gets to me. Not the slasher yeah. movies, not the, the sudden appearance of the guy in the mask, not uh, any of the Elm Street, none of that stuff scares me. Scream doesn't scare me, nothing scares me. But even if I think about Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula, in the first incarnation... It frightens me still. That's like oh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And it's too bad that the video isn't working, Don, because in my background that, uh, you know, Brittany sees every week, I have, like, uh, so much Universal Monsters memorabilia behind me, it's crazy. I got pictures of the Bride of Frankenstein hanging behind me. I have the oh Lon Chaney and the Frankenstein and the Dracula. I have all of it. And it's, it is because that indelible impression that these movies had on me when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, locally we used to catch them on um, Horror Incorporated, uh, actually on Channel 5, uh, you know, Hubbard Broadcasting. Wow. Had that midnight movie yes. every Saturday. And, yeah, that stuff stays with you. And I think the reason it stays with you is because of atmosphere. You know, there is yes. just something creepy about it that gets under your skin and it stays there. Yet at the same time, I mean, if you're watching it with your, your brothers and sisters or whoever, um, you know, you, you, the, the memories are there, the fun that you had, because it was ultimately fun. Right. It was fun to be right. scared. So, yeah, I totally agree, and, and that is by far my favorite genre. Now, does The Nun 2 come close to capturing that? Not, not at all. But at least what they do is they 
rely on those old school techniques to try to heighten the tension, which I think really works. I mean, again, it's, I think it's always been what's off screen, what you don't see yes. is what is actually more frightening than what you do. So, yeah, all those modern day slasher things, yeah, not for me at all. Right. And, and, yeah, I mean, they do show gory stuff in this one, but very, very little, surprisingly, you know, in comparison to all those other films that you, you mentioned. You know, Forrest J. Ackerman uh, published a magazine called Famous Monsters. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You remember that? Absolutely. I used to get that, uh, that magazine. I, I, you know, they came back for a while, a few years back, and I, I picked up a couple newer copies that basically looked the same as the old uh, copies of Famous Monsters of Filmland and Forrest Ackerman. I also had all the Aurora monster models that I used to uh-huh. build up and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> Creature you know from Don, the Black you Lagoon. You and I were monster kids. That's what they call <laughs> them. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and, but here's a, a story you don't know, and we, we're running out of time, but here's the deal. <clears throat> My dad was an archaeologist. Mm. And and he had a collection of Egyptian stuff, including the sarcophagus, a three thousand year old sarcophagus mm. of a nine year old uh, girl, mummified. And it was too big for his uh, display room, so he put L brackets above my bed, and put the sarcophagus <laughs> I, I'm being absolutely oh my God. absolutely I, I strike me dead God if I am lying and so I slept for nine years with a 3,000 year old dead Egyptian woman oh my God above my bed and <laughs> Why? And, and and so when Karloff <laughs> excuse me <clears throat> played, the mummy, I never got scared of that. You're like, I literally sleep with that every night. Right. That is and, my mistress bring, of the night. I'd bring friends over yeah. to watch the mummy, and then I would bring them in my room. You're so and messed And show up. them the mummy. This is giving me so much insight to who you are. <laughs> so He's a monster kid. I, I, a monster kid, or you, you can also say, the reason I am fucked up. Yeah. Is because yep. I had a an three thousand year old nine year old girl in my bedroom, yeah. or I slept with my mummy. Uh, <laughs> also, like those are formative years that no, dead or alive, no woman should have to see what goes on in that bed. No woman. Dead or alive yeah. should be in the between the walls. Tim, thank you so much. Uh, you want to give his outro, Mr. Professional? Yes, and thank you very much, Tim, for uh, Good letting to talk me walk with you down. Again. Great, the, what a great story! What a it, great story! You guys are messed it's up. Terrific. People. Thank you, Tim. Tim Lammers brought to you by Bryant and Bradshaw Personal Injury Lawyers, or Bradshaw and Bryant Personal Injury Lawyers, depending on who's on top. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tim. We love you. All right, yeah. everybody. That's uh, that's it for us this week. Thank you very Even much though... for allowing me to be with you, Brittany. I oh, love you Don, to I... death, and you're an incredibly talented woman. So thank you very much. Wait, will you say that, and I won't say anything. I won't ruin it. Okay. Say it again. Thank you very much, Brittany, because you are an incredibly talented woman, and it's uh, just a joy to share the microphone with you. 
You're going to go ahead and send me that. I'll put that and I'll send that to you. Don't worry. (laughs) I'm going to need that as my ringtone. So uh, thank you for that. Don, I love hanging out with you. I'm smiling. It's been a a weird week, but you've been absolutely. Thanks for doing the heavy lifting, by the way, on that last draw or that last uh, intro, bro. I could have been doing it uh, for the last 48 hours. Looks like. If you'd ask me, but you'd never ask me. So I presumed I was taking my orders from you. You sound like my husband now. Exactly. Like, if you would have asked me. All right. I love you so much, Don. I Everybody, love you. we'll be back on Monday, 7 a.m. Bye.